We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit mikeknopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. We commemorated International Women's Day, and uh, it uh, afforded me an opportunity to think anew of the incredible contributions in our tradition that strong and courageous women have played. Last week's Torah portion was part of Kitsisa. We spoke about uh, the uh, sin of the Golden Calf. And uh, there's a legend, a midrash, about uh, the Golden Calf episode that uh, when the people went to Aaron and demanded that a Golden Calf be created because they didn't know what happened to Moses, Aaron said to them, remove the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. And according to the midrash, Aaron does that in order to buy time. Because he knows that the men are going to go to their wives and say, Give me all your jewelry. And the wives are going to say, No. Or heck no, they're going to say, right? And so they're going to say, No. There's going to be this whole back and forth. By the time it's all sorted out, Moses will be back down the mountain. Of course, that doesn't happen. Midrash says that when the women refused to give over their jewelry to the men, the men just took it by force and brought it to Aaron and made the golden calf out of it. But there was one thing that the women refused to give and hid such that their husbands wouldn't find it and wouldn't be involved in the destruction of the golden calf. What is the deal? Credit card. Credit card! <laughs> of course. They hit their Venmo accounts. Now, at the, uh, the end of Parshat Vayatel, as it's listing uh, the various things that were contributed to the construction of the temple, there's this line that uh, if you blink, you might miss it. Uh, but uh, as uh, it's listing out the things that are being brought to the temple, it says, Vayatel, they made the uh, bronze or copper labor. This bowl, this basin that was used uh, to uh, to contain mind pure waters that the priests would use in order to purify themselves for service in the temple. So they made this copper kior, this copper labor, the eight kano nefoshet, and its base of copper, the marot hatsovot, asher tzavu petach ohal moed. From the mirrors of the legions of women who masked the entrance of the tent of meat. They made the bronze or copper basin, this bowl, from the mirrors of the women. Now, what you need to know is that in the ancient world, they didn't use uh, polished. 
polished glass for mirrors like we use today. Instead, they had highly polished pieces of metal that they would use sometimes on sticks uh, that they would use as their mirrors. Often, these were actually uh, incredibly valuable uh, pieces of uh, jewelry or pieces uh, that women would own. Sometimes the most valuable thing that a family would own would be one of these mirrors because they were uh, made of precious metals and, and hard to make. They required incredible craftsmanship. And of course, as we all know, mirrors are incredibly important in life. The way we present ourselves in, in the world is, uh, is of utmost importance. So the fact that the women gave over these mirrors in order to be used for the labor in the, in the tabernacle is not an insignificant thing. This was a major contribution that these women made for the construction of the temple. And there's a couple things that I want to just note about. The first is that this is not a statement about how we shouldn't be vain, I don't think. Maybe we shouldn't be vain, but it's not saying that we shouldn't care about our appearance. We shouldn't care about how we present ourselves to the world. In fact, a Midrash says about this that there was something actually significant about those mirrors. Moses was wary when he heard this commandment that he was supposed to use these mirrors to make this labor in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle. He says, shouldn't we really use this item that's utilized to generate lust and to feed the lusts of people? Should we really use this for sacred purpose? And God reminds Moses of the heroism of the women when they were in Egypt by virtue of these mirrors. Because Pharaoh made a decree that all Israelite baby boys should be cast into the Nile. And there was a panic among the Israelites. We should never have children so that they shouldn't meet that fate. It was a strategy that Pharaoh institutes that in some ways works to instill fear among people so they wouldn't have progeny. And the women, cleverly, decide to utilize those mirrors and make themselves as beautiful as possible so as to be irresistible to their husbands so that their husbands would continue to want to be intimate with them and to procreate and to build the Jewish people. There would be no Jewish people, God reminds Moses, were it not for those mirrors and were it not for the heroism of the women and using them in defiance of Pharaoh's order. But while this commandment, I think, is not against how we present ourselves in the world, it does, I think, reflect another value in our tradition, which the Hasidic masters called bitul hayesh, nullification of the self. What the Hasidic masters say is that the goal of Jewish life, the goal of the performance of the commandments, the goal of prayer, the goal of divine service, the goal of Hasadim, of helping each other out, the goal of making the world a better place, the goal of all of it is the tool hayesh, nullification of the self. What they say is that our egos get in the way of a relationship between us and the divine and between us and each other. Our egos get in the way of the agenda of echad or abdut, of oneness, that at the fundamental level, all of reality is one. We say, Adonai, 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 Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
which means on some level that all of reality is one, and the fact that I see a division between myself and you, and you see a division between yourself and me, and between us and our neighbors, and our neighbors and their neighbors, the fact that those divisions exist, at least in our perception, is an impediment to the agenda of God's oneness. The realization that we are, all of us, interconnected, bound up in this thing that we call God. Because the Hasidic masters say that the primary mitzvah is bitul hayesh, nullification of the self. Because unless you nullify the self, you can't actually be in the service of the divine. And so, the women of the camp of Israel intuit this value. And they say that we are going to give over the very thing that symbolizes our ego, that symbolizes our fascination with ourselves, our preoccupation with ourselves, and we are going to give that to you, Moses, or Salah, who's instructing them, we're going to give it to you to melt down, get rid of it and build it into something else, something different, something only to be used for the service of the divine. Because the only way to truly be in the service of the divine, these women argue, is to set self aside so that there are no divisions between me and you. So I'm not preoccupied with myself so that I am entirely in service of God and service of God is entirely in the service of of each other. I want to close with a teaching that uh, uh, my uh, rabbi, Rabbi Andrew Hahn, who was here uh, last year, who you know as the Kirtan rabbi, he taught me this. Uh, he uh, adapted it from a Hasidic teaching. He said that nothing became something so that something might become nothing. That God created this world out of nothingness, created you and me and everything in it out of nothingness, <coughs> in order for the something, us, that was created, to remember and to deliberately choose to set aside ourselves, set aside our ego, to become, in a sense, nothing. Because only in that nothingness can we truly serve each other and we choose to be one with the divine. May the spirit of those years inspire us today and everywhere.